Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, today, I am really going to be focusing on youth, um, homeland security. Um, we've been looking at our family, what we can do in family, uh, belonging to it, making a difference. We talked about restoration, coming from heartaches in our family and uh, trying to find wholeness um, through communication and a lot of different things. Today, I'm going to really be focusing on young person today and next week. I'm going to talk about eight attributes for young people to approach life um, in a way that's going to be successful. And one of them's crying real loud. That there's nine. And how many know that crying is also in the scriptures? You know? They cried out to the Lord, and he heard their cry, and he answered them. And just look at the that parent came right to that kid. And off they went. That's what you get when you cry out to the Lord. You get isolation. <laughs> okay, let's close in prayer. We're going nowhere. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Just get your free latte. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Father, I, I do pray on a serious note, Lord, that you'd open our, our, our eyes, our heart, Lord. Open us, Lord, to your word. Lord, the truths that are um, buried there. Lord, they're gems, Lord, that can be uncovered. I pray that you'd open uh, our eyes, Lord, spiritual eyes, physical eyes, that we could see the vision, the purposes to which you've called us. Lord, I thank you that you don't make clones, that you've made us each individuals. Uh, that there's, Lord, I know in the, in the world there are religious clones, but we don't want to be religious clones conformed to some religious pattern. We want to know you. We want to walk with you. I thank you for your mercies found in Christ. Lord, that you have paid the price for our sins. And Lord, we can, it's so easy to acknowledge that you're a sinner. Lord, we, we fall short of our own expectations, let alone if there be a mighty God that we fall short of his. But I thank you that your grace has covered us. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, Lord, open our eyes and our heart. Let your word come to life today. I pray you'd inspire us. But more than that, I pray for the young people that you not only inspire them, but to urge them, Lord, toward the things that are in your word. Lord, so they can become who you've created them to be. Lord, something special. In Jesus' name, do I hear an amen? amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Nothing worse than coughing when you have a microphone on you. Go ahead and put that guitar up there. Put that little graphic there together. Uh, it kind of came together by accident, but I don't know. I just, Pete, there, it's an honor of you, my friend. Um, the bright orange guitar. Um, God wants the young people to be impactful. Did you know that? I'm going to show you some stuff from Scripture today that takes a, a picture of young, young people. And you can skip that next one and just go right into the first point. And I'm going to focus on four things that are really important. And if you're a young person, I know you've been living your life and going on with what you've been thinking about, your focus. Maybe you've seen counselors um, you know, at, at a school, the kind of guidance counselors to show you what the careers are out there. And maybe you're walking in your father's footsteps, your mother's footsteps, your cousin or your uncle, or some army recruiter came to you and they pitched you on the military or whatever it is that you're doing. And I'm certainly not going to denigrate whatever you chose to do. But I want to appeal to you that God has purpose for you, that you are not an accident 
that you're just not another random creation as God sort of hit the duplicate button and said, let's make another one of those human beings, you know, as if he was uh, carving out brownies. And let's put, a, and let's put a couple little sprinkles on this one. Let's put some blue sprinkles on this one, some green ones on this one, so now they're different. Um, when God made us in his image, God did a lot more than just sprinkle a few little colors on us. How many say amen to this? He, he, he made, there's a uniqueness that he's implanted in this, and I've spent weeks um, preaching on this, so I'm not going to delve into the details of it, but I'll talk about it enough. Um, thank you so much. Um, four of these are going to build up to next week, and I'm going to have some young people up here next week. Um, I'm also going to take some uh, questions and answers uh, next week as well, related to some of the things that I'll be bringing up, um, especially next week. I'm going to lay a foundation this week of what I think are some of the important things that I think Scripture says. And when you're young, you don't really know what to expect. Like, what can I be? What can I do? And I'm telling you that the world inadvertently, not on purpose, lays all kinds of limitations on you. Um, it's not like they're saying, let's squash the young. But they, they have, maybe they lived in some kind of stuck pattern themselves, and that's all they know, and they're trying to pass that down onto you. That could happen. Um, another thing could happen is you just got stuck yourself, or you just think the ceiling is what it is. Or you've been limitation to the world's, you know, you're limited to the world's view of what you could become, and you're following that pattern. And I tell you, if you follow that pattern, that's exactly what you'll get. And that's what God thinks you'll get. God doesn't have any uh, delusions of grandeur. If you follow the ways of the world and you listen to that way, you're just going to conform to some pattern. And it's ironic because we live in a society today that thinks it's more unique and more distinct than ever before. And it reminds me so much of the culture that I grew up, a little bit different. But, you know, you'd get, how many remember the 80s metal bands? Right? When the first 80s metal bands came out, remember they had the big hairdo? And then what did everyone have for the next 10, 15 years? All the bands, they all had the big hairdo. You know? And, and then you'd hear these chords, and it was, hey, we're all together, you know? You know, and, 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 and they, would, they would be on there, and then the next band would be there together. And then the next band would show up, and it'd be instead of dum-dum-dum-dum, they'd go, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Instead of all together, we're russeparated, you know? But it, but it would be the same kind of beat. And, and they'd be up there, and you'd be cheering for them. We'd have our lighters going on there, you know what I mean? And we didn't have the same thing kind of as a mosh pit, but, you know... At that, you know, just before I became a Christian, I was pretty stoned probably at the time that I've been into a lot of these concerts. But I, I noticed that at that time, they danced too. You know, you see them with the guitar, you know, they're all playing. And they're all wearing like these jackets, right, with their skinny blue jeans. And then they had the big hair, right? And then you got to get your guitar out. And then they're all like this, right? And, and, then, and then everybody goes we got to be original. And then everyone was like that. Isn't that true? And I'm telling you, it doesn't, you know, when you, when you just go like this with your guitar, it doesn't look cool, but can, can I have you come on up? Can I have you come on up? Okay. Okay, you come on up, Michelle. I'll, I'll just show you something. You know, if you get enough people doing it, it looks cool. <laughs> Okay, and I want you guys to hold your guitar. 
Okay, now I'll do it first, so don't do it with me yet, but I'll just do it, okay? It's all right, but let's all do it together. Ready? We are awesome. We're like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and I'm telling you, doesn't it look better when we all do it? There's just like some power into it. I wonder if God was thinking of our creativity. He was thinking of this. Him and the angels were sitting around there and they were going, hmm. They, they, they waited till you met with the guidance counselor at the college, right? And then they, they looked at the Excel spreadsheet where it said, white collar worker. And then it had your face on it. And the Lord said, that, that's it. I, I wasn't sure why I made them, but this is it. It's, it's quadrant P7 in the Excel spreadsheet at the community college. That's what I made them for. Do you really think that's it? Do you think that the living God of all creation, who, who all creativity, an intelligence beyond intelligence that we can understand, would really think that small? Or do you think that when God made man in his image, he had something awesome in mind? How many say amen to this? And, and I'm going to give you lots of different examples, but I, I, when you're young, I want you to see that God wants to capture the young. Not capture, like capture you, like tie you up and tie you down and limit you. Like you're the stallion who needs to be corralled. Then we need to build a thing around you so you can kind of run in a circle. I think the Lord likes when the horses run wild and the eagles soar high. Amen. 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 And his psalms are so filled with this. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life isn't fun anymore, isn't pleasant anymore. Listen, number one, I'm going to tell you what the most important thing is. There's a lot of things you can belong to. There are clubs that you can belong to. Pick a club, get their t-shirt, and then just think to yourself, I belong to that. Or pick a sports team, put on the t-shirt, say, I, pick, I belong to that. Pick a band and say, that band, that's it. And I'm not saying you can't like bands, but you're just saying, that's my identity. That's who I am. I belong to this band. And then you can meet someone later and, and you know, go, maybe we're a good match. What, what T-shirt do you have? I, I really like that one band. I like that band. Well, then we, that's enough in common. That's going to carry us. That's going to sustain us. But what about the sports team? What, you're a Steelers fan? You're a Cowboys fan? It can't work. I talk about these guys. <laughs> I'm totally teasing them. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not good to have inside jokes when you're preaching, but I can't help it. Okay? And, and you go, and, and, and these are good things. You know, Jody and I had music together, and we had all these things in common. But, but you know what the greatest thing is that you can belong to? Is you can belong to God. Because you might reject it, go, I don't belong to that band. I don't belong to that sports. I don't belong to that club. I belong to myself. That's it. I mean, you look in the mirror and go, I belong to you and you belong to me. And that's it. That's your whole reality. That's the big thing. That's the biggest thing that you can find yourself attached to. And I just challenge it. 
And I say, what is the biggest thing? You know, like my brother can beat up your brother. My uncle can beat up your brother. Well, my God is bigger than everything else. Amen. Amen. He's in charge of everything. He controls everything. He's the leader of everything. I belong to God. How many want to belong to God? Listen, God wants to seize you when you're young. Remember him before the door of life's opportunity is closed and the sound of work fades. Now, just leave it on the scripture. I'm going to read the whole thing to you right here from Ecclesiastes. This is, this is God, God speaking here through Solomon. Honor and enjoy your creator while you're still young, before the years take their toll and your vigor wanes. Remember God before your eyesight fades and the world blurs. Your legs get weak, your shoulders start to sag, and the winter years keep you close to the fire. Remember him before your teeth fall out and the women can't see you anymore. In old age, your body no longer serves you so well. Muscles slacken, your grip weakens, and your joints stiffen. The shades are pulled down on the world. Remember God before the door to life's opportunities close and the sound of work fades. You come and go at will. Things You can't come and go at will. Things grind to a halt. The hum of the early morning birds fade away. Hikes to the mountain are a thing of the past. Even a stroll down the road has its terrors. Your hair starts to turn apple blossom white, adorning a fragile and impotent matchstick body. Your appetites and desires diminished. By the way, that, that, that little translation that in the Hebrew there is, it's, it's called the totem um, berry insect. Its fragrance was an aphrodisiac. And it basically says, it doesn't work no more. <laughs> That's really what it says. It says, God's basically going, you know that? Eh, it's not working anymore. You know? And, and then he says, how many like the word of God? Kind of cool, huh? He says, he says, yes, you're well on your way to eternal rest while your friends make plans for your funeral. Life, lovely while it lasts, it's soon over. Life as we know it, precious and beautiful, ends. The body is put back in the same ground it came from. The spirit returns to God who first breathed it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Let me tell you something. God wants to capture us when we're young. How many say amen to this? Listen, someday you're going to be with the Lord. Kaboom, you're over there. You know, I don't know what I think about the afterlife. Kaboom, well, now you know, right? It's going to happen. It really is. And, and you don't know, and God has numbered our days. That's what he says. So he has an idea of when that happens, not an idea he knows exactly because he's not seeing in time blocks like we are. He's not in the timeline like we are in Einstein's theory of uh, space-time. He's outside of time. He's spirit, not matter or energy listen what it says don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator honor him remember him before the door of life's opportunity is closed i want to appeal to you guys you young people to seize the day now to look for god if you don't belong to god if you're not if you're kind of your own i'm just my own then just expect you to take care of yourself because god will allow you to feel that so that you will turn to him. But if you, if you can say in your heart, you say, Lord, I want to belong to you. And how many can say it? Say, I belong to the Lord. This is, this is what the Lord's cry is. And, and I want to show you, I was looking at some of the young people here, put on the next slide. I, I was amazed at this. Did you know that jo, Jehoash was seven years old when he became king of Judah? Did you know that he fought 
enemies on every side before he was 12. He commanded the armies where to go and what to do. Did you know that? Seven years old. Um, we got Mary was a young virgin when she conceived Jesus the Savior. Do you know that that was probably between the ages, according to Jewish customs? We don't know for sure, but every Jewish um, annal of history that we've seen, we know that the age is somewhere between 13 to 18. That's young. That's birthing. She experienced the life of God in her. God made flesh in her and was birthed through her. She experienced a measure of physical deliverance to the world. God's coming into the world. Josiah was eight years old when he was king in Jerusalem. Eight years old. He's, the, the, the Bible says that his grand, great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father all were living in all kinds of rebellion. And the people under them weren't prospering. And he became king. And when he became king, it says they just discovered sort of in the, in the back halls, you know, hidden in some caves. All of a sudden they pull out the word of God and they went, wow, there's a God that's alive. And he absolutely just changed the whole culture in just moments. And that whole, the whole, that whole generation was blessed. Young person, think about it. Maybe you're 17, maybe you're 18, 16, 21, 23. We have these young people, eight years old. Isaiah, who wrote some of the most incredible scriptures. You know, the, the, you know some of the ones that we've memorized, you know. Um, you know, by his stripes we are healed. And some of the, you know, the incredible book of Isaiah and his scrolls. He was 17 years old when he began his prophetic ministry. He stood before kings who bowed in his presence, who were in awe of him because he belonged to God. And he was able to stand before them. I love watching when we have our young people lead worship. Not everybody's young on here, but they're reasonably young. They're all young compared to me. But I love it because I, be, I love it because when they're dancing around and singing to God, I know that in their hearts they don't care what you think. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like they're just having a good time because they're having a good time. There's an independence to it. But it's not just dancing around to themselves or just to each other. It's also to their God. They say it and say it with me. Say, I belong to God. And, and this is such an important thing. Joseph was 17 also when he oversaw the captain of the guard in Egypt. I mean, he was overseeing a whole captain of the guard in Egypt, basically a powerful force protecting of the king's courier and leader. And that was his dominion. At 17, he was the captain already. You know, Isaiah, remember, Isaiah was the one who said, he saw, I saw the glory of God fill the, the heavens and the earth and the temple. And he said, I saw the, the seraphim angels there. And, and I realized what a wicked man I was. This is that, those writings are from that Isaiah, the prophet. And then, and then you have here Joseph at 17. David was only a boy, probably 15, when he took on Goliath. 15 years old, he took on Goliath. I mean, we have a hard time giving kids a license Seriously, most kids at 15 are plenty competent to drive a car. I go to Jody's, but Jody grew up in Minnesota. They got like nine-year-olds running combines and tractors. Seriously, they just jump on those things. They're going like, yeah, like that. And we're like, okay, now we're going to teach you how to drive. You're at 21. Don't you think we might be a little overprotective? How many would agree with this? 
I mean, listen, we need to belong to God. Young person, don't let everyone else limit what you might possibly be. Paul encourages Timothy, he goes, don't let them despise you because you're young. He goes, set the example. Show them how to do it. There are a lot of young people here who have fire for God. And I'm telling you, rise up and become a leader in the life of the church, in the life of the business, in the life where you go, where God has you. Amen? Amen. Um, let me tell you why it's good to be owned by God. And not like slavery, like some old Kuta Kinte where you're some slavery who's you know, bound in some kind of weird bondage. When we're a slave of God, we're a slave of someone who is on our side. And we're basically saying we're protected by him. Amen? God's plan is the only plan that works. That's why. If God doesn't build the house, the labor is built in vain. Here in Psalm 27, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. You know, this has, this has all the feeling of, you know, if, if God doesn't build it, you're wasting your time. And there's a lot of young people that are building something on their own. They're building their own marketing idea and their sales idea, and they're making it work. And it's like, I'm going to try to change the world. But if it doesn't honor God and glorify God and bend to who you really are and uniquely are, it's going to be hay, stubble, and rock at the end of the day. That's what God says. God's guidance will protect you. And he says, how can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. God wants the young, the young person to be with the word of God. And I love this scripture. It says, he who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. You know, if you have your confidence in yourself, that's basically where it's going to end. You know, it's, it's a closed system. You can read and take some input, but then you have to digest everything. And God goes, let me take my mind also and put it in there. And let me be something that you can recognize when you're thinking through things. Not an imaginary God, the real God who lives. Amen? Then God, and I, I love this, I, I, did, I spent a lot of time on this because I, I realized that we live in a, in a uh, where tattoos are much more of a, a common thing with young people. And I'm not anti-tattoo at all. And, and I know um, the Leviticus scripture where it says, you know, don't put a mark on your body. But he's specifically talking about the Canaanite, the enemies of God, who use these marks to defile the Lord. And God says to them in a series of things, don't do that. He's not saying that you can't ever mark anything specifically on your body, and I challenge anybody on that. Um, but I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. But I, I want to talk about a more important thing than your body. Do you know that when you come to God that he actually marks your soul? He marks you. Your soul is who you really are. Take away the physical body of who I am, the physical outside, and, and just the functioning of my brain. There's something behind my brain that's empowering my identity, my soul, my suke right? Or you get the word psychology, you know, the study of the soul. You know, it says he anointed us. He set a seal of ownership on us and put his spirit or marked us with his spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what it is. God took the very soul of who he was and he marked us with himself. Isn't that amazing? He came in and he just marked us with his soul and bam, we were marked. So young person, say it with me. Say, I belong to God. Okay, and this is where it is. And he's marked me. He marked me with a soul. You were marked in him with a seal. God marks you. And then listen to what Isaiah, here's this young 17-year-old again. One will say, they'll just say it. I belong to the Lord. We just said it. 
He says, another will say, will call himself, I am by the name of Jacob. In other words, I'm a descendant of the Lord. I belong to him. This is my destiny. And then he says, still another will write or engrave on his hand, I am the Lord's. And will take on himself, I am the one who has been chosen by God. Boy, don't you love that? Just engraved in your hand. I know everyone's thinking, well, I don't want to take the mark of the beast. I don't want to. Can you say with me, say, I belong to the Lord. And then now, why don't you mark on your hand if you choose to and just go, man, I am the Lord's. You know, it's just, it's just a marking. It's kind of like God imprints on us himself. Did you know that God has an imprint even on himself? On his thigh, he comes down with an imprint. It says, and it's engraved into his thigh. Lord of lords, king of kings. Isn't God awesome? And then he takes a part of his soul and he imprints it. And he says, I deposit myself. There's an imprint of me on you. Can we respond by saying, I am the Lord's? I belong to him. He's marked me. I, I am his. He's got a destiny. And that's how we start off. If you want to start off, young person, to say, I want to live a life that's, that's going to be powerful, it starts by being connected to the powerful one. He's the one that's powerful. Amen? And take the name Israel. That just means chosen one. Now, number two. First, say with me, say, I belong to God. And now just say it. Say, I am an original. I'm an original. We can't get around this. And, I, and I've mentioned this before. How many know that God is unique? There is no other one like him. He says, there's no God formed before me. I don't know anyone. There's no God in the future that I know of. There's no God in the past. I'm the only one. There's no other God formed. But then when he makes man, he makes him in his own image. Right? And we know that man falls. And then through Christ, he's redeemed. And God then re-puts his imprint on man. And it's like you are made in the very image of God. God is unique. I am made in the image of God. I am unique in the way that he has made me unique. How many say amen? Now, when I'm talking about unique, and, and it's, I, had a, I had someone I was talking to, and they were going, oh, I mean, aren't all the miracles in the Bible are kind of the same. I mean, Moses was just kind of like Noah and all that stuff. And I said, no, they're not. Th- think about this. Noah built an ark in a dry land and waited around 50, 60 years while everyone said, you're an idiot, right? I think his name was Steve Carell in real life. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> and then, and then you, get, you get Moses coming around who has to climb up on the mountain. He gets a revelation from God and then he's got to go to the king of a giant, of the big world power and basically tell him, hey, how's it going? Like, what? Let all the people go. No? Okay, well, then you're going to see a lot of power come down in a few minutes. Is there some kind of smart bombs? Oh, no. It's all nature stuff. (laughs) And each time, it's just going to get worse. Then you got Joshua, who's going into a, a promised land full of kings that he's taking down, Right? You got, you got Peter and John who are following Christ and leaving all of their existence to follow him. One by one, Jonah ends up in the whale. Are these all the same stories? Or are these different stories? Can you imagine if Moses, when he got the call of God, before he got the call of God, they go, Moses, what are you going to do? 
I don't know. I'm not sure what to do. I want to be a man of God. I'm going to go build a boat. I'm just going to build this huge ark. Why? I don't know. I want to be original like Noah. <laughs> you know, and I'll see it. I'll, I'll, I'll see like these 80s bands. They all had the big hair. And then I remember as rap music came on the scene. Right? I, I don't know how many necklaces you have to have, but you have to have some cool ones. Right? And then, and then you got to do this, you know, when you're talking, right? I, I mean, I'm not a rapper, but I just know you got to cheat your put your brother, cut your feet, get your fin, and then stop, stop, put your kitchen, and then the kitchen. I know, you know, and you see the minute, brother, you get him, bro, do it, man. And then another guy goes, man, we're original. We're not like them. We're not like them. Go ahead. You know, it's just like. And it's not just a rap, it's the, it's the rock and roll, and, and I love all of them. But they're not, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about original. I'm telling you that there's no one like you. Amen. There is no one like you. You are made to be significant. When God, made, when you look at this thing, when God makes it unique, listen, he said, I created your inmost being. David sees this. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Put on the next slide if you would. He says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Imagine God putting you together, young person. He, he knit you together and weaved you together in a certain way. And he said, the inmost being, that's your soul. He goes, I put your soul. I had some pain growing up. And I remember that pain God made me sensitive in a certain way. That's not like you. It's like me. But the pain of the world marred me, and now God has healed me and is continuing to restore me that that sensitivity has life to it. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be some fool up here, but you can be a different fool up here. But the thing is, is that when God was knitting together, what was he thinking? Do you think he was thinking, all right, how many things, how many things do you think we should make? All right, let's get the assembly line going. I'm going to make them. Gabriel, just, can you just say a magical prayer over them? And oh, this one's good enough. Just pass them on. Next one. Or do you think David really understood that when he was being made, that God was saying, wow, check this out. Look at this. This is, this is awesome. And we know that those promises that were for David were for us in Christ. How many say amen to this? Amen. That we are fearfully wanted that he knitted together, knitting together. My mom and my grandmother used to knit things all the time. They crochet all different kinds of stuff. I'm not even sure what all the differences are. But they'd put the stuff together and they'd weave all these different things. And I know what they're thinking. They're thinking like anyone who's building something, like if you're a, a woodworker and you start to build something, you go, man, I'm going to build this for my parents, or I'm going to build this for my friend, or, you know, you're putting something together. You know the creativity that goes into it. You know, when you, it, you can go to the store, you go to McDonald's, go, I want the Happy Meal, and they just hand you a car, you go, thank you, here, Johnny, here's your Happy Meal. That's different than when you're sitting there putting together a model and you're putting it together. And it's even more different when you sit around and you go, I feel like I'm supposed to make models. I wonder what my vehicles are going to look like. Transformer rob robots. 
And imagine the first guy is making Transformer robots, and then, and then you got 17,000 versions of Transformer robots. You know, you get, you get people like Lady Gaga and these, some of these actors and singers and stuff, and I'm not going to condone lifestyle or not, but they dress in some unique way. And so that starts to define them, but they're not necessarily doing it in the image of God. They're doing it in their own image to be unique. And then everybody's dressing like them, thinking we're unique like she is. Well, I'll give her unique, right? She's definitely unique. It's like goth, Right? It's like, you know, what all the things you do with your goth, and trust me, it's the same with business suits. I wonder when God was thinking, I want to make noble people, he was thinking, and they're going to wear these ties. And, and they're going to have these white shirts. And, and, I, and, and the, through the time, we're going to design a warehouse, a men's warehouse <laughs> that I want. I want the angels to corral this men's warehouse. And those that are more noble than the others will wear the whiter suit. And the Lord spoke unto them and said, there shall be starch. <laughs> and their shirt stiffened. And they were more noble than the others. And creativity had been defined. And then he made more. And they all wore suits next to each other until there was a row of suits. And the Lord said, and this is good. This is what I wanted. I wanted them all to look the same and act the same. How many know this is a bunch of baloney? That God made you unique. And can I tell you, the church is the best place to discover it. Because God's word is full of that. It's full of life. That's why God's individuals that he's he's relating to them, he doesn't say, I'm the God of all these people. He doesn't say that. I'm the God of a bunch of those people. He says, I'm the God of Abraham. He knows me and I know him. I'm the God of Jacob. He's God. And he's my follower. I'm this, you know. I'm the he's the God of Eric Van Ree, right? Just say I belong to God. This is the best place to be belonging. He makes you. I love Jesus when he says this. It's at the bottom of the scripture. Jesus, is, his disciples are worried about it because, or imagine he told them to come follow him. They don't have jobs anymore. So you're you're at Jiffy Lube. You're working there, and all of a sudden Jesus Christ walks in and he goes. You're overwhelmed by his presence and what he can do. And he goes, I want you to come follow me. You're so compelled that you drop the lube device on the ground. And you hand the coupons back to the customer and out you walk. Okay? And now you're sitting with Jesus. And Jesus, they're they're all worried about their life. And Jesus goes, don't worry about everything. He goes, look at the birds. They're eating, aren't they? Yep. And he goes, they're not toiling or laboring. And I take care of them. And he says, how much more valuable are you? And then, then he looks at them. They're all, they're all looking at him. And he goes, listen, man, even, did you know that your hairs are numbered? They're like, what? It's like Jesus Christ is telling them, did you know that God knows every, he has an inventory of your hair. It's not like God, you know, like the grains of the sand where God goes, I know where all the sand is. And I know where all the molecules and I know where every electron is. Even when Heisenberg's uncertainty principle makes the path and the knowledge of where its location is disparity, then all of a sudden you go, I don't know where it is, but God still knows where that electron is, doesn't he? Right? The quantum physics world goes, I don't know where that electron is. Maybe it's fringe where we have two parallel worlds. God goes, I know where the electron is. (laughs) Did you know that he counts your very hairs of your head? Imagine the God that takes inventory of you, not like a sergeant to make sure you're there, 
but one who's paid the price for you, marked you with his soul, and then says, mark yourself with me to let everyone know that I belong to the Lord. How many say amen? Amen. All right. Say, I am the Lord's. And just say, I'm an original. I'm telling you, you need to go down this path. This is the path of the Lord here. The third one, can you just say, I am made for awesomeness. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out what? Great exploits. This scripture is all through the New Testament. I come that you bear a lot of fruit. I come that you demonstrate who I am. I'm sending you out in the same way that I've been sent out. You will take them, Gideon. Moses, go in there and show them my power. You don't think we're made for great exploits? By the way, I'm not angry. Just let you know, I'm just passionate, okay? I'm passionate. How many are feeling passionate about this? Listen, we are made for awesome acts. God wants us to live in an awesomeness. We are made to demonstrate his power and what he can do, what he's thinking. That's what we're there for. Sometimes the awesomeness comes in compassion. It comes through food ministries. It comes through just kindness and goodness and those kinds of things. Sometimes it comes in miraculous powers or the power of a changed life where someone can see. We are made to be walking in awe and then some. Do I hear an amen? Yeah. I just ask you, what kind of awesome can you bring to the world? You know, I love Psalm 145. It says, men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts. It goes down verse, the second part of six. I could write a book full of the details of your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. You know, when, Moses, uh, when they went into the promised land and they, were, they looked at it and saw that all the giants were in the land, you know, this big army, but they saw that the fruit and all that was big too. Most of them didn't go in. Most of them stood outside and said, let's not risk it. You know, there's too much in there we're probably going to lose. And that's what you think when you don't belong to God. Because you look at your resources, you look at the resources it's going to take, and you don't have enough. Your inventory, you come up short, and you're going to live a life of worry, fear, and doubt. And you and courage has to come from within, and you're going to tap that thing dry soon, and then that's the end. Then you live with a, average exploits. How many want to see great exploits out of your life? Listen, and part of this is, you know, when Caleb and Joshua, I love when Caleb enters the land, it says, then Caleb, they're all complaining about it, saying they can't come in, and Caleb silences the people before Moses, and he basically says, hey, the Lord told us we could have this. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We can take these guys. Listen, I want to encourage you, young person, before I get to the last one of my first four, the Salea Foundation. You are gods. Let God know this. Not gods like actual gods. And if you think you're actually a god, look in the mirror and reanalyze yourself one more time. Okay? <laughs> Buy a better mirror, ask some people, get some feedback. You'll realize that you're not. But can everyone say, I belong to God? Can you say, I'm an original? Just say, I'm called to be awesome. And just say, in the Lord. And this is this way. So just turn to someone and tell them this. Okay, let me just hear it first. Tell them, God wants you to be awesome. He wants you to conquer something. 
He wants you to build something. He wants you to impact something. He wants you to transform something. Not in your own power. Okay. Last one, last one here for the first day, our first day on this one, is not only be an original, not only be awesome, but God wants us to be people who are visionary. Young person, it, I know the culture is stifling you, and it's limiting your creativity to four things that you've got to pick, and, and I know that you want to belong. Because that's how it is when you're young. You just want, you want some love, you want some attention, you want some relationship. And so you go, maybe I can belong here, maybe I can belong here. I, I encourage you to be yourself. Do I hear an amen? amen. Be, be yourself. Okay? Hopefully you can see me demonstrating this. I'm just being myself. There's no show here. This is just who Eric is. Okay? If you sat around with me long enough at home, this is exactly what I'd be talking about at home. If young people can't see what God is doing, and you see this in the other text where it says, without a vision, the people, you know, um, without revelation, the people cast off restraint, they perish, and another translation is. It, it basically, the cast off restraint means to be made naked, and you'll see that in, in um, Young's literal translation. It just says, without a vision is a people made naked. Because it's like, without vision, not knowing you're going, it's like you're just walking around naked. And what do you think about when you're naked? How do I get covered? How do I get protected? How do I get food? How do I get protected? That's all you are. You're just, you're just making it because you don't have any vision. You don't know where you're going. And the scriptures are so clear. It says if the young person can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. When they intend to what he reveals, they're going to be blessed. They're going to walk in blessings. Okay? How many say amen to this? Now, there's a scripture that I know you've all heard. Most of you have heard this scripture. But it is really one of the most powerful scriptures that Jeremiah prophesies to us in the future. It starts in Joel, where he's kind of clarifying it. And God says this. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on every kind of person. Your sons will prophesy uh, and also your daughter. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So he's talking about prophecy in other words, being able to see God's picture of the future, having vision, being able to see it future. Paul prays the same thing. He says, I pray that your eyes would be enlightened or opened up, that they'd focus, that they'd clear up so that you can see exactly what God is calling to you. You can see the hope to which he's called you and that you can grasp the intensity or the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for you in Christ. God redeemed us so that he could be glorified in our lives. Did you know that? Imagine that the power and the glory of the Almighty God was put in you. And then now he's saying, I want to demonstrate who I am in your life. Do you think that happened to Peter? Do you think that happened to the Apostle John? Yes, it did. And do you think this happened to Moses and Joshua you know, and Ruth? and Jacob, and we can go on down the list. And God now says this fulfillment has come to us in our generation, and we live in the most uncreative generation probably in history. We have more technology that's built on the last generation than, and than any other culture before. In other words, our forefathers, you know, most kids right now can pick up an iPad, and they go, check it out! But they have no idea how to build it. They don't know how to make wafers. They don't know, they don't know anything about silicon. They don't know how silicon has been shrunken over the last, you know, 
a couple hundred, uh, last uh, 50 years. They don't understand circuitry and how it works. They don't understand the basic of machine language, which C and Visual Basic and all these other kind of languages were built on. They just know that we're technological. What if we handed the Apostle Paul an iPad? Do you think he would understand it? How many say yes, he'd understand it? First, he'd go, wow, trip out. And the next thing you know, he'd be playing Donkey Kong, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I wonder what Jesus would have done if he would have come over here. Like, would he have just ignored the iPad? Or would, have just, or would he have given vision that was better than the iPad? Right? And I was having a hard time struggling with Gabe's sharing because he's saying he bought a Mac. I was going, what's wrong with that? Listen, just say it, and we're going to close up in here, okay? Just say this with me, would you? Say, I belong to God. Is that true? Now say this, and I want to know, I want you to say it if you really believe this. If you think you're just a clone, or you're just a little deviation, you're another Chevy truck that just came off the, the thing, but you got just a little different headlight, but you, your soul isn't imprinted by God, you're just another clone. Don't say this, but if you do believe it, say, I am an original. So if you can say those two, young person, think about it. You belong to God. You're an original. Think of these other leaders that did things at 7, 8, 10, 12, 17, 14, 13, 18 years old, 25. And old person, don't forget, you have youth in your heart. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Listen, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to what? Plans to what? Prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God says to the young people, Adam and Eve, I want you to go be fruitful and I want you to multiply. In other words, I want you guys to get together intimately and I want you to have some offspring. And I want you to start multiplying the earth and I want you to start taking dominion. When Noah came out of the ark, it's exactly the same promise. When Jesus comes around, he gives the same promise. I came that you would bear much fruit. For you've been saved by grace, Paul says, through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. And God has prepared for you works in advance for that he would have you to do. To do what? That would glorify his name. Right? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. Listen to this young person. And God says, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. If you belong to God, if you believe that you're an original, if you believe that you're called to awesomeness in your unique way, you don't have to be David who kills the giant. Let God do what he wants to do with you. And you're open to that. And then you can say, Lord, I want to be that visionary because I belong to you who sees what you need to see. Then you say, Lord, I'm going to be one who seeks you to find out what that is. I will call upon your name. And let me give you God's answer from the text. This is from the scriptures. Because I think people think the Bible is just no, 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 don't do that. No, no, no. I can't have sex. I can't do that. Yes, God's pro-sex. Amen? How many know that God is pro-sex? Right? He wants to anoint your sex life. Amen? Amen. Hey, this isn't wrong to say in church. It's true. 
But guess what? He also wants to prosper everything else in our life. Not in some way that doesn't have trials because we will have trials. And we will have pain. And God will conquer that over pain because this life is only going to last for so long. So why not prepare for what he's going to do? And you can say, Lord, I'm going to call upon your name. And here's God's answer. What is it? I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. When we pray, what's God going to do? Everyone say it with me. I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to ask young people to respond. How about under 30? I'll start with you. I know that this is a culture that says, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) I really do. But I'm going to ask you to rise above that. And not, not... respond because I'm asking you to respond I'm going to ask you to just trust that the what I've shared with you was from the scriptures I'm not asking you to become a religious person I'm not asking you to start wearing a suit I'm not asking you to change your personality God changes us on the inside but he's given us internal characteristics of who we are I'm not asking you to join something I'm just asking you to, to answer this Do you want to belong to God? Do you want to embrace your originality from God? Recognizing this awesomeness that God has called you toward and saying, Lord, I'm open to your vision and your purpose. If that's you, really, truly you, and you can say, yes, Lord. I I can sense your spirit, not just the preacher speaking, but I can sense your spirit. Would you just stand right now to God? Just stand all over this room. Just stand over to God. Don't be compelled, only if this is true for you. Just stand with me. And, and I, just, I just ask you right now, don't look at the, at the youth. Will you just put your hands out to the people around you? You don't have to pick them out. Let them stand in their own selves. Lord, we bless them, first of all. Fill them with your life and your love bless them. I want to say to them, we're on your team. We're on your team. And I just want to say to you, would you just raise your hands to the Lord that just says, I surrender to my God. I surrender to my God, Lord. Yet your will be done in my life. Lord, I don't want to be conformed to some weird pattern. I just want to become who you've made me to be. And you just lift up your hands to say, Lord, I surrender to you and I reach out to you. I am yours and you're mine. Move in my life. Lord, you have plans and hope and a future for me. Let that come into my life. Forget what I've built. It doesn't matter what I've built. You can build something so much better. Lord, build it according to your purposes. You're the one who knows me. You know me better than my parents. You know me better than my neighbors. You know me better than my best friends. You know exactly who I am. Lord, design my heart, my soul, to line it up with who you've created me to be, that I can walk in this reality in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? amen. And young person, just, just thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord by faith. Say, thank God that you're going to do these things. Just a thank you. It's, a, it's an act of faith. Thank you, God, for doing these things in Jesus' name. If you're an older person right now, and God has recaptured your youth, and you say, I want to make my life count, that's you. You just wait with me, raise your hand to say, I want to embrace it too. I want what God has for me. 
And part of that is being a support to those around you. That's part of it. And saying, Lord, we embrace your purposes in Jesus' name. How many say amen?